Come into this space today. Come let us share our differences so that we may see our need for each other. Come, let us share our common joys and struggles so that we may see that our differences need not separate us. Welcome everyone. I'm Reverend Jane Davis and I am here with Senior Minister Angela Herrera, Lay Leader Gerilyn Bowen, DJ William Baker, Tech Arts Director Chris Paul, and Usher Team Christine, Jordan, Barry, Charlie, and Amber. Today, a big welcome to the Roots Summer Leadership Academy. First Unitarian is honored to host Roots once again on our Albuquerque campus and in today's service. Roots is a program of the New Mexico Black Leadership Council. It is a STEAM, S-T-E-A-M program, meaning it engages students in science, technology, engineering, arts, and math. And as you'll see, music is a big part of it too. Also welcome to all our Roots parents, teachers, and youth. We're so glad you're here with us. Welcome also to all other new visitors today. If you're a visitor and you feel comfortable doing so, we invite you to put your name and location in the chat so that we can greet you personally. Hello out there, friends. We hope you're bearing up under the heat and finding renewal in the burgeoning efflorescence of summer. As we approach the end of this season, on Saturday, August 27th, our annual social justice community fundraiser will take place at 5 p.m. And for the first time since 2019, the auction and dinner will be held in person. This landmark yearly event is our premier chance to support the important work of the church groups who are organizing to create a better world at a time when that is more than ever needed. Tickets to the auction and dinner are $10. You can buy them in advance from the church website through the Give, Donate, Support menu. Take the Giving page option, then scroll down to the Social Justice button. The link is posted in the chat box. The success of the auction, of course, depends as well on what we, the congregation, donate to be auctioned off. Do you have something to contribute from your overstock of stuff at home? Do you have perhaps some furniture, a painting or other work of art, special crockery, craft items, kitchenware, small appliances, fine linens, jewelry, children's toys, yard equipment, you name it. Perhaps you have a skill or service you can offer. Or would you perchance like the chance to break bread with fellow congregates by hosting a dinner at your home? Auction donation forms can be downloaded from the church website. To access them and find out more about how you can help with the social justice work that's going on in our faith community, go to the social justice auction page that's linked in the chat box. From the farthest reaches of the universe to the inmost sanctuary of our being, there is a silent light that burns, 
outside in, inside out, setting our blind and often weary feet on the path of loving truth and truthful loving. In witness to the surpassing mystery of this grace, we come together as a people of faith to ignite the flame of our sacred chalice. Let there be light within, let there be light without. Whatever destiny may decree, let us be at one with ourselves, our beloved community, and our precious earthly abode. For the camp, our theme is nishati, which means energy. Oftentimes students experience that summer loss from being out of school and so Roots is a phenomenal program. It's a program designed for students ages 8 through 16. We don't separate them by ages. So we have 8-year-olds and 10-year-olds and 15-year-olds together and it's really helping to develop community. They're learning, but they don't even realize they're learning because it's done in such a fun environment. This is our second year doing an outdoor camp. This is a place that we want to be in, is that right? We have black students, we have Hispanic students, we have white students, we have biracial students, we have native students. We have such a beautiful gamut. There's a really important emphasis on social-emotional learning, which is the foundation for the kids to be aware of their emotions and really be able to define them and then be able to communicate them with others and communicate their needs. It's helped me open up a whole bunch because before I just didn't really like to talk to other people as much. And um, now that I can express my feelings and what I'm doing, yeah, that's really helped. I think it came just at the right time, and I do think that uh, children need from time to time, especially from this time of COVID, they need programs like this where they can get out of the house and get out of the outdoors. Every day it's like something new. He's always something excited about. Our food comes from, from seeds, and then you pour water on it, and then you have to take very good care of it, and then it grows. They really are able to learn about visual arts. They learn about STEM. They learn about themselves. The camp, it's very fun. My favorite side part is slime. So what we did was I first get a bowl, put glue in it, add fluid coloring, and then add glitter, and then you mix it up with your hands. But it was kind of a little sticky. As a parent, you want your child, of course, you don't want them to have the life that you had. You want them to be better. But however, you also want to instill good attributes that can help them become a well-rounded person. You know, they're doing the science of psychology, understanding the science of what's going on in their brain, because that is science. But then also we're connecting that and relating it to something more emotional. We're making a difference here. This is about the students. This is about creating a, a, an experience and a memory that they will cherish that will help them develop and grow. We are Unitarian Universalists. We are people 
of faith with open minds, loving hearts, and helping hands. Hi everybody, my name is Megan Lines, and I'm sitting in front of a cabin called Quite Carried Away. And I'm here with my son Jesse at a folk music and contra dance camp. And all week we've been thinking about what makes this music so special. Some of it is the ancient and some of it is the new. And that's something in our service today that we've been considering as well. When something is meaningful and it's a belief that we hold on to for a long time, should we keep it? Or should we let it go when something that's more compelling or more meaningful in our present time happens? been having so much fun learning music and dances that have been around for a really long time, sometimes for many hundreds of years. But of course, there's also new music being created all the time. And so I've been thinking about this idea of tradition. wonderful thing about a living tradition is that sometimes things stay the same and sometimes things change through time. For instance, in terms of contra dancing, we often ask a partner to dance at the start. And in the old days, which weren't really that long ago, everyone assumed that it had to be a man and a woman who danced together, or a boy and a girl. But nowadays, we just say anyone can dance with anyone. And I love that this understanding of partnership has been updated. We've understood that really we need a lot more freedom and that's good. Something that stayed the same in the American song and folk dance tradition is... Oh, I remember it now. Okay. The type of instruments that we like to use. Here are a few instruments that have been around for a long time and we still use them. A fiddle, a banjo, piano, flute, and of course our own voices. The accordion started being incorporated in the 1960s, so that's actually recent. The ancient music feels sturdy and familiar and sacred to us. And then, of course, new music and dances get written, and these can feel so alive and fresh, too. When I think about our Unitarian Universalist faith, we have some of the same traditions that we've always had through the ages, like gathering on Sundays, or having a prayer during the service, 
or singing hymns while we hold a hymnal. We would love to have our new traditions too, like lighting a chalice or sharing joys and concerns. These are pretty new actually within our habits of what we've done as a community throughout the centuries. But sometimes we like our modern traditions so much, we actually forget about our early religious roots and we, we stop thinking that some of our early ways or beliefs are important. I think like contra dancing, we don't have to let go of all our old traditions or beliefs in order to make room for the modern way of thinking. One really important idea that we've held on to is the idea that all of us are worthy. We don't believe that only some people should be loved and others shouldn't. Something about our faith that we've held on to all through the centuries is this incredible idea that we are always free to update our truth about what we believe. We never have to be done understanding the world. May it be so. Ours is an old tradition with deep roots that is still alive, changing, growing, casting a bigger circle. And this week, our campus has been buzzing and buzzing with energy, music, voices, very alive. I invite you to Take a moment now and let's go ahead and pause the chat for a moment while we have some meditation and prayer time. And I invite everybody to take a breath with me and to ground in the aliveness in you. Feel your breath bringing oxygen into your body, moving it through your lungs, out to your limbs. Stirring the life energies in you. If there's any tension in your body right now, see if you can let it melt a little bit with your next exhalation. Notice what's supporting you right now, the floor, a chair, whatever it is. And just be held as we continue with two minutes of silence.
We are a gentle, loving people, and we are singing, singing for our lives. As we face what must be faced in company with one another and respond from our deepest sources of knowing and caring, that moving line from the Holly Near song that many of us recall from days of yore, that resonant, that ever resonant, ever relevant line offers the comfort of sharing our burdens and our joys in concert with one another. This morning, you're invited to be with your people by writing in the chat box to tell us first about the things that lighten your load and bring you delight, then about what troubles your soul and brings you sorrow. If for any reason you can't write in the chat box, feel free to offer your personal sharings by emailing caring at uuabq.org. May the week ahead bring gentle blessings to you and yours. espejo y veo el reflejo de un John está vivido con esfuerzo que va quemando el amor ardiente como el fuego amor de madre amor de hijos siguiendo fieles el ejemplo de Cristo hay tanto que dar y tampoco que pedir Madre Santa del Cielo Hoy cantamos para ti Unidos en la alianza de amor Vamos construyendo sueños Juntos en la misión Tú y yo por ellos Toma mi vida, piensa mi voluntad Ayúdanos siempre a amar la verdad Y así lograr la santidad Quiero transformarte, hijo predilecto Y yo voy a guiarte y sigue a tu hermano Sé todo para todos, entrégate sin miedo Y descubre tu misión Y yo sembraré en la tierra fértil Llenar el huerto de tu corazón Madre Santa del Cielo Hoy cantamos para ti Unidos en lazos de fe Vamos construyendo sueños Juntos en la misión Tú y yo A mi voluntad Ayúdanos siempre A amar la verdad Y así lograr La santidad
sentida these prayers, all these joys and concerns we lift up and we lift up the Root Summer Leadership Academy and all of the individuals and families involved, all the participants of all ages. And we lift up our UU kids campers who just left a little bit ago on the bus. I got to go on the bus and look at all of their smiling faces and offer them a blessing for the road. They're so excited. We hold them in the love of this community. We bless their trip together. We lift up all of our prayers, the joyful ones, the hard ones, so many for which words fall short. Will you join me in this simple prayer then with expansive hearts? We speak with simple words. Oh God of many names, spirit of life, spirit of love, breathing together. We lift up our prayers to the great healing powers of the universe to the prayers that unite us and guide us, prayers of celebration and renewal. And our hearts are filled with thanksgiving for the blessing of our lives and of this community. We pray for one another, that there be peace in our hearts, the peace that passes understanding and transcends all strife. We pray for our community, that there be peace among neighbors and our world, that there be peace for all and all may thrive, and all may thrive. We pray that we may help to make it so through our manner of being in this world. Amen. Peace be with you. When you're down and troubled a helping hand and nothing all oh, nothing is going right close your eyes and think of me and soon I will be there to brighten up even your darkest night you just call out my name And you know wherever I am I'll come running To see you again Winter, spring, summer, or fall All you got to do is call and I'll be there, yeah, yeah, yeah You've got a friend If the sky above you Should turn dark and full of clouds And that old cold north wind Should begin to blow Keep your head together and call my name out loud and soon I'll be knocking upon
upon your door You just call out my name And you know wherever I am I'll come running Yes, I will To see you again Winter, spring, summer, or fall all you got to do is call And I'll be there, yes I will Hey, ain't it good to know That you've got a friend When people can be so cold They'll hurt you and desert you They'll take your soul if you let them Oh yeah, but don't you let them you just call out my name And you know wherever I am I'll come running To see you again Winter, spring, summer, or fall All you got to do is call And I'll be there Yes, I will. You've got a friend. You've got a friend. Ain't it good to know you've got a friend? Yeah, yeah. You've got a friend. Connected by Mortality by Laura Brandis. All living substance, all, subs, up, sub, all substance of energy, being, and purpose are united and share the same destiny. Reverend David Eaton from A Common Destiny. Last year on Ash Wednesday, I wondered how to best mark the beginning of Lent, seeking a way to honor both the Christian tradition of my childhood and my chosen faith of Unitarian Universalism I wandered into a chapel at a Dallas hospital to receive the imposition of ashes. Yes, that's right. Imposition, meaning imposed upon the head. Imposition as a noun can also mean burden, annoyance, hassle, which for some who have been wounded by Christianity seems a good definition. But this is imposition as verb, imposition as religious ritual. This is what I wanted when I intentionally wandered into the chapel at Parkland Hospital that morning after visiting one of our members receiving care there. I wanted someone, anyone, to impose the ashes on my head with the usual words. Remember that you are dust and to dust you shall return. Those were the words spoken by my colleague, Reverend Aaron White, as we gathered just a week earlier in a private ceremony prior to my daughter Zoe's memorial service at First Unitarian Church of Dallas. Aaron prayed and then with the assistance of a staff minister who had been the director of youth ministry when Zoe attended the church, placed ashes in each of our hands saying, from dust we come to dust we will return. Unfortunately, those were not the words said as a chaplain imposed the hashes on my forehead in the, in the hospital chapel. 
Instead, I was told, repent and be renewed in your faith in the gospel. Oh, not the ritual I was hoping for. Nevertheless, I sat down for a brief prayer and cried. I cried not because the words were wrong. I cried because I came seeking comfort from an ancient ritual and I received the comfort I had been seeking. The words were wrong for me, but not for others silently praying in the chapel with me that morning. I was not alone. The words were wrong for me, but the ritual was not. I needed to be reminded that we are all mortal. I wanted the mark on my forehead for all to see that this impermanence, mortality, ashes, dust, is the truth of being human and that we are not alone. Losing my religion. I grew up in the Southern United States. The phrase losing my religion is an expression from the area, from that area, and it means losing one's civility or composure. For me, this term reminds me that sometimes I feel as though I have lost some useful spiritual tools that seem to have been associated with and given over to more traditional religions. My personal spirituality contains some tools that I believe my Unitarian Universalist religion seems to have handed over as the property of more conservative religions. I want to take them back formally as deliberate practices. I was raised in a more conventional religion, conventional in the sense that most people have heard of it a little bit more than they have heard of Unitarian Universalism. More than once I have been asked do I miss the religion of my youth? My answer has always been that I miss the energy. I was raised Southern Baptist and my earliest memory of church is that the service was long. The minister spoke in a very high energy style and clearly got a physical workout during the sermon. Also in these services, there were older people, usually older women, who did something called shouting, where they just got the Holy Spirit and just really exerted a lot of energy. Now I know that when I talk about the energy of religion, I'm not just talking about the energy of the service. Now I know that that's not what I mean by energy. Now I would say that when I say energy, what I mean is the energy that's talked about in the term ashe, that, that term that is said quite often along with or in place of amen at the end of a sermon. I had a native Nigerian man try to explain this term to me. He said that ashe refers to a Yoruba philosophical concept through which the, the Yoruba tribe of Nigeria conceived the power to make things happen and produce change. He said that the word is spoken in an effort to access this spiritual energy. 
Now, I believe that religious practices are meant to access this type of energy, this energy to make things happen, or that type of power that is understood as being available through spiritual practices. I've mentioned in a sermon before that the field of neurotheology has actually been able to identify changes in the human body that occur during many types of spiritual activities. Many religions accept the power of spiritual practices to various degrees. Unitarian Universalism is not known for powerful spiritual practices, but I believe that some of these widely accepted powerful spiritual practices are available to us even if they are considered available to us only through our Christian heritage and through the fact that we accept and embrace multiple sources of wisdom, including wisdom from other religions. I believe that there are a handful of very useful practices that are credited to traditional religions that we have surrendered to them and that they are worth taking back. I believe they are worth taking back by virtue of their practicability. I love that word. Practicable is the word. Practicable, not practical. Practical means sensible and reasonable, but practicable means useful. This is not a new idea. A book called A Language of Reverence was written in 2004, and it's an anthology where five prominent Unitarian Universalists address this issue from different perspectives. Featured in this book, Reverend, Doc, Reverend Dr. William Sinkford, former president of the UUA, suggested that as we Unitarian Universalists abandon traditional religious language, we relinquished to others religion's words of power. We relinquished it. Now, I'm not suggesting specific words. I am suggesting specific tools. These practicable tools. These are useful tools. These are powerful tools. These are tools for navigating the struggles inherent to the, the human condition. Now, there are four practicable tools that come to mind. They are common to many religions, but we don't use them in any deliberate way. These tools are confession, discernment, testifying, and atonement and redemption. First confession. Any type of open and truthful disclosure reduces stress and helps individuals come to terms with their behavior. Many institutions and many cultures encourage people to confess their troubling actions. Simply putting emotional turmoil into words changes how we think about it. Giving concrete form to troubling experiences can help categorize them in new ways. For instance, when we translate emotional experiences into words and stories, we start to think about them in a simpler, less menacing context. Once we articulate our upheavals, we tend to 
ruminate about them less, not, not hang on to them so strongly and free us up to focus on other things. This process is linked to less stress, improved sleep and cardiovascular function. Confession can help us get through difficult times. The next one, discernment. In religious context, discernment is examination in the absence of judgment with the goal of obtaining spiritual guidance and understanding. So thinking about something in a deliberate way in order to get spiritual guidance and understanding. In Christianity, discernment refers to the process of determining God's desire. Discernment in general terms is when we process information with intentional search for wisdom with consideration of our own identified spiritual and moral guidelines. So processing something in a way that we are intentionally and directly trying to see how our spiritual and moral guidelines apply. The next one, testifying. Many Christian religions, especially within the evangelical tradition, use the term to testify or to give one's testimony to mean to tell the story of how one became a Christian. In general, it is to share the spiritual successes and growth in one's life. This type of sharing gives rise to gratitude and has a similar effect to the use of a gratitude list to enhance a positive outlook on life. Atonement and redemption, that pair. Atonement refers to a person taking actions to correct previous wrongdoing. This can be through direct action to undo the consequences of the act. It can be through equivalent action to do good for others. And it can be through expression of feelings of remorse. The redemption part is often associated with atonement. And as Reverend Angela covered in her sermon on the 10th of this month, redemption implies that one's wrongs have been righted and has transitioned to a state of full acceptability. So, are there times when you have something weighing heavy on your heart? Have you ever noticed that things seem less overwhelming than when they are reduced to words? Would confession be useful in these times? Are there times when you need a wise decision and you need to focus specifically on your values and principles before giving in to marketing, selfishness, or majority opinion? Would a formal discernment process be useful at these times? Are there times when someone is seeking a spiritual home and would be helpful and it would be helpful to share how you found such a place? Are you being called to testify? Are there times when you have made a mistake for which you are having difficulty forgiving yourself? Would it be useful to find some way of taking some action? Taking some action 
after which you could give yourself permission to move on. Does this sound like the use of atonement and redemption? As Unitarian Universalists, how do we do this? How are these tools different in our faith? How are they different from the tools we relinquish to other religions? And how are they practicable in a way that makes them suitable enough for us to want to take them back? Confession, unlike in many religions, can we use this tool simply to improve mental and emotional health and not to guarantee heaven or eternal life? Confession improves our current life and our interactions with each other. Discernment, can we use it simply to intentionally process decisions with deliberate consideration for our UU principles? Testifying, can testifying be useful to us in maybe a couple of ways? Could it help us share with others the usefulness of our denomination and our religious communities? Also, testifying is a sharing of gratitude. And there is a common theory that we can't be happy without gratitude. So testifying can remind us of the benefits we receive from our religious community and a sense of gratitude and the resultant happiness. I'm not talking about proselytizing and not getting points in heaven or pledge units, but to share with others who may be seeking. Atonement and redemption. Atonement is useful in that when we have done something that is causing us remorse, can we use a process, a process for determining what it is we need to do to have atoned for what we did and to move on to the next part, the redemption. That part where once we have atoned, then we are officially redeemed and we are given permission to move on with our lives. Unitarian Universalism allows us to use basic guidelines, the basic guidelines of our principles and sources to select and create our spiritual tools. We just had a time for all ages. In our time for all ages, it pointed out our living tradition and how we melded the traditional with the progressive to create our religious tools and our musical tools. So if we find some practices of an institution, an organization, or a person undesirable, Do we disregard all things and all practices of that institution, organization, or person? Or do we use the guidance of the Hebrew scripture, which tells us to test all things and keep the best? There are practices and rituals from mainstream religion that we have just thrown out without fully and astutely considering their practicability. Dare we take back formally the deliberate spiritual practices of such things as confession, discernment, testifying, and atonement and redemption? 
Is it time to claim, to reclaim our religious birthright and take back the energy and the power of these practices? Amen, Ashe, and blessed be. The indigenous poet Joy Harjo writes, all acts of kindness are light in the war for justice. Today, we have the chance to be those lights by giving to Family Promise, our Change for the Future recipient for June through August. As many of you know, for years now, Family Promise has been partnering with our church to support and shelter unhoused families in our wider community as they work towards establishing their own homes. This local organization also provides help to those who are at risk of becoming homeless during these hard times. One of the most beautiful gifts in the world is the gift of encouragement, the Irish poet and philosopher John O'Donohue once said. Family Promise is dedicated to offering this gift through hands-on programs designed not only to provide those it serves with safe haven, but also to encourage and empower them. These unhoused, families, um, these unhoused families who live among us bear the brunt of an unjust system that consigns so many to severe poverty. Along with seeding the, most, the more just and humane world we all yearn for, your gift today can serve to strengthen the spirits of those families in their daily struggle to claim a better life for themselves and their loved ones. If you prefer not to give online, you can mail a check to the church, to the church Earmark change for the future on the memo line. The offering will now be taken. Please let your heart be your guide. A mansion on a hill is a lovely sight to see. Like any other house, it's only temporary. Home is anywhere you choose to put your heart If there's no love inside, it'll soon fall apart Ashes to ashes, dust into dust Buildings will crumble, bridges will rust Mountains will disappear Rivers will dry up and So it goes with everything but love So it goes With everything but love So it goes You can ride around In a long limousine If you don't know where you're going won't mean a thing He who'd walk a mile Just to hold an empty hand Knows what it means To be a wealthy man Ashes to ashes Dust into dust Palaces will crumble 
Bridges will rust, mountains will disappear, rivers will dry up. So it goes with everything to love, so it goes with everything but love, so it goes. Worldly treasures will all pass away. There's just one thing that's put here to stay. generously given is received with gratitude. Thank you on behalf of the congregation and on behalf of Family Promise. We're nearing the end of our service now, and I invite you, as you are able, to put your screen in gallery view. And if you feel comfortable turning on your video, if you've had it off, this is a great time for that as we greet one another with the pachim or peace greeting. One hand over your heart. The other one extending a gesture of peace and greeting to your fellow UUs and guests this morning. Peace. I'm going to look at the next screen. Click through if you'd like to click through your gallery. Peace. After the service, if you'd like, you're welcome to stay on for a small group chat. We'll put you automatically in a small uh, discussion group after the service if you just stay through the post lewd. Whether you do that or engage in conversations on your own after the service, you might like to have a discussion question. So here's one Jane is offering today. What practice might be useful to you had you not surrendered it to traditional religion? What practice might be useful to you had you not surrendered it to traditional religion. Jane's gonna offer us a benediction as we extinguish our chalices. I offer these words from Abhi Prakash Janamanti. The sacred is present and available to us wherever we look or are willing to find it. If we remain open and expectant, putting away all 
preconceived ideas, our lives will emanate the sacred.